3: And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
4: Strange things with Joshua P. Warren.
3: I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the podcast. How to prevent or create paranormal activity. This is a show that is long overdue because I have been a professional paranormal investigator who made the cover of a science journal and I'm published by Simon and Schuster. And I have been widely covered by international media for almost 30 years. And so I am contacted by thousands of people every week and many of them ask me for advice on how to create or to prevent paranormal activity. And I'm talking about ghosts especially, but people call them all kinds of different things. It depends on who you're talking to. It's like the you know the, the story Jim Mars used to tell about the little green man who runs through, through the middle of the party and one person goes, oh, there's an alien. Another person goes, there's a leprechaun. Somebody else says, there's a demon. People call the same kinds of things different terms. And so I've decided that I'm going to address the most common stuff so that from here on out, when somebody contacts me and says, I have something happening at my house, or my friend does, or my relative does, and I want it to stop. What do I do? Well, this is my advice show for you. I can say, listen to this. this. It's a free podcast. Listen to this. Or if you are one of those wackos like me, and you want to go out and study this stuff and make it happen, well, guess what? The second half of the podcast will be devoted to that. Now I want to make something very clear right up front. I believe that for the most part, ghosts, poltergeists, bizarre cryptids, aliens, interdimensional beings, angels, demons, djinn, etc all appear, they all appear when the normal laws of physics break down. And that is when these things are able to interface with us, to interact with us, either mentally or or physically, when space-time is being warped and the energy environment is unsettled. You know, I understand when it comes to, like, cryptozoology, when it, you might believe Bigfoot is just a big gorilla, a big ape that's running around out there that one day will be trapped in a cage. I don't believe that. So I, I'm saying that I even think most of the extreme cryptids are some kind of an interdimensional being. That's where I'm coming from. So if you disagree with my perspective that I've just given you uh, that I, on any of this stuff, when I say that space-time is somehow being warped and the energy environment is unsettled when these things appear, if you disagree with me, then listen, I'm not your guy. You've contacted the wrong person. But if you want to hear what I have to say, I am going to give it to you freely in this podcast. I also need to make something else very clear here. I am not an exorcist or a ghost buster. In fact, I think many of these interactions cannot be prevented and you just might be screwed. But honestly, my mission in life is not to provide therapy. Uh, Some people have that purpose. Uh, Mine is to educate you and entertain you based upon my personal research and experiments, but I personally offer no particular therapy or assistance. That's not my specialty. I'm the guy who does weird experiments because I'm curious, and then I write about it and talk about it and share it with you if you're interested. Now, I want to tell you right up front here that I do have a symbol For those of you who want to create paranormal activity, then I'm going to tell you about and I'm going to tell you where to find it for free. This is not some gimmick. It's free information. I'm going to tell you where to go. I'll do that toward the end of the podcast. I also have a tone that I have used to create ghostly manifestations, but I've decided it's not a good idea to play that for you. That's something I may address down the road. But I know there are people who are going to say, well, hey, if you have a tone that seems to trigger ghostly activity, do you have a ghost busting tone? Well, no, I don't. And this goes back to what I was just saying. I think it's easy for a tone to sort of rile up what's there. If you have a ghost hanging out, you can sort of rile it up, you know, but but not so easy for a tone to drive it away permanently. Sometimes you just can't get rid of these things. So, let's start with my definition of a ghost because even though everything I'm about to tell you can apply to what you might consider a ghost, ET, interdimensional, various types of cryptids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it doesn't really matter because still, one way or, or another, these things have to be able to access you to interact with you, and I believe that mechanism is the same so that's why all this stuff applies but let me use ghosts here as the most common thing that people contact me about of course we have different types of ghosts but when i wrote my book how to hunt ghosts that was published by simon and schuster i spent a lot of time thinking about the best way to define a ghost And, and here is what i came up with a ghost is some paranormal aspect of the physical form and or mental presence that appears to exist apart from the original physical form. Now that may seem like kind of a laborious and tedious definition, but it's necessary. This is a complex subject. And I actually sat right there in the boardroom at the Rhine Research Center in North Carolina and told Dr. Sally Rhinefeather and all the officers at that time and all the you know, members of the board this is my definition and they all looked at each other and said yeah that sounds like pretty pretty darn good definition so here it is again a ghost is some paranormal aspect of the physical form and or mental presence that appears to exist apart from the original physical form and i want you to understand that ghosts are real all right they do exist and you could question the word real if you want to get into a philosophical conversation but let me put it this way. Ghosts are real at very least in terms of the human experience. People do see ghosts. And we're going to get into what that may mean. But there are different types of ghosts, you see. And that's another thing I broke down in my book. And I I pretty much said, okay, let's categorize this into the, the following. Entities, imprints, poltergeists, warps, and naturals. An entity is a ghost that seems... Aware, interactive, unpredictable. Uh, It's what most people are thinking of when they think of a ghost. They're thinking of a disembodied spirit. Like you die and some spirit comes out and now this disembodied spirit's floating around. And so sometimes you can interact with it. That's what most people think of as a ghost. On the other hand, we have imprints, which are these ghosts that are basically the opposite of entities. They seem to be redundant, predictable. They're like a big recording that has been stored in the environment that tends to replay itself from time to time under certain circumstances and for certain people. And and actually, I have found that imprints are the most common type of ghostly activity. That's my opinion. Most of what people see when they say, oh, I saw a ghost, they're seeing an imprint. They're seeing something That was recorded in the environment that they're able to pick up either because they have a special ability to do that or uh, the environmental conditions are right. Poltergeist activity is maybe the spookiest one because poltergeist activity is ghostly activity that appears around certain people. And it's almost like that the individual is what we would call an agent. Like there's something about this person's energy or mindset that is triggering these things that appear to be ghostly. And in some cases it might be that they are literally like a ghost magnet, or it might be that the person is uh, telekinetic and they don't even have control over this ability. They, they talk about, especially like adolescent females having this ability to, you know, undergo periods where they're b- bursting with all of this telekinetic power. Maybe that's, that's true, but uh, poltergeist activity seems to um, center around a person and then we have what I call warps and warps are um, warps are ghostly phenomena that just appear at certain places like Brown Mountain or the Bermuda Triangle uh, places that you know seem to be like natural portals which is interesting because my next and last category is simply called naturals and that would be phenomena that is actually natural that appears ghostly until you understand what it is so like the northern lights the aurora borealis that might be a ghostly thing Um, if you're talking to somebody who lived a thousand years ago they might say oh look at these big spiritual you know entities that come into the sky so i've got to take a break here in a minute And when we come back, I'm going to get into the most common examples of the types of things that people experience when they have a ghostly encounter and tell you the the first steps you should take, the most basic steps you should take if you want it to stop. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I've been doing this a long time. And I'm going to make this as simple and direct for you as possible. And this is something that you might not only find valuable for yourself, but your friends, your loved ones, your family members, anybody who says, okay, something is happening. I don't like it. I want it to stop. What do I do? If you love amazing pictures, videos, and breaking content, be sure to sign up for my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com. It takes two seconds and you'll instantly receive a free digital good luck charm and instructions on how to cheaply make aura glasses at home that might allow you to see the other side. And on my website, take a look At the Curiosity Shop To find rare, amazing things You will not find Anywhere else in the world There is no period after the P In JoshuaPWarren.com I am Joshua P. Warren And you're listening to Strange Things On the iHeartRadio And Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network And I will be Right back after this
2: With BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/slash strangethings today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, help. h e slash
0: strangethings.
3: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. Let's talk for a moment about, for the purposes of of this podcast physical versus non-physical i actually have mm, a bit of a problem with how that we view those terms physical and non-physical but for the purposes of this podcast when i when i say physical i'm talking about things that you can touch that have resistance like a wall and some things don't have to be that solid i mean you can feel the wind blowing against you as a physical force that's what keeps an airplane flying right that's quite an accomplishment so i'm talking about things that have that force of resistance of resistance non-physical would be things that you just can't interact with at all you know like when casper the friendly ghost goes up there to hug you and he just slips right through you a practical example of that would be the fields of magnetic force around a typical magnet You know, you you take a magnet off your refrigerator. It's got these field lines of force. You can put your hand all around that, and you can't feel it. You can't see it. You can't smell it, you know. But it's real, and if you sprinkle a bunch of iron filings around it, boom, they react to it. They stick to it. It's something physical for them, but just not for you. So there's a bit of a sliding scale about physicality, but... You get where I'm coming from with this particular podcast. I'm talking about the most elementary form of physical versus non-physical. When I started researching ghosts so long ago, I realized that many of the physical things that people described when they were seeing ghosts, I could reproduce artificially in the laboratory. People would talk about seeing objects move and fly around or a three-dimensional light form or their hair standing on end, or having a cold chill, I realized I could reproduce all of those effects using electrostatic charges. Uh, And so, you know, an electrostatic charge, well, it's like what you get when you drag your socks across the carpet, and you touch a doorknob, and you get a shock. You run a plastic comb through your hair, and you can pick up little pieces of paper. You can do the snake charmer game with a piece of thread. You can hold it next to a tiny stream of water coming from your faucet and make that stream bend. And if I would take things like Van de Graaff machines and Wimshurst generators and create a lot of electrostatic charge, well, suddenly I could make objects on a bigger scale move. And people's hair stand up and create all these three-dimensional light forms and so on. And so you can imagine why that piqued my interest when I started going to haunted places. And I would go to the area where there was ghostly activity. And my electrostatic field meter would go off the charts. And I would say, interesting. I'm not saying that electrostatic charges are just fooling people into thinking they are in contact with a ghost. What I'm saying is that maybe... Ghosts use electrostatic charges in order to interact with you uh, temporarily. Or maybe a place that has a lot of electrostatic charges is a portal that a ghost can, you know, use to switch from non-physical to physical. How do you stop that? It's easy. You take a humidifier. And if you put a humidifier at a place where you have ghostly activity 90% of the time, it stops. And what you're doing with that humidifier is you're adding moisture to the air, which makes it more difficult for these electrostatic charges to build up. And when they can't build up, there's no interface. And so maybe there's a ghost there, but it doesn't matter. You don't know about it. It doesn't affect your life. So that's tip number one, run a humidifier in a place that is paranormally active. Number two is I noticed also early on, Time and time again, when I go into supposedly haunted houses, uh, that uh, people would have a room and they would say, oh, this is the haunted room. And I would walk in and somewhere in the room, I would find two mirrors facing each other or at least the equivalent of that. Two very reflective objects facing each other. It got to the point where I would go to somebody's house and say, don't tell me what the haunted room is. Let me just go in and see if I can find it. And I would go and I would find the room that had the reflective objects. And I would say, is this the one? And they go, yeah, how'd you know? So I have theories as to why that may be. Um, When you have two mirrors facing each other, they create an infinite tunnel. And when you look at that, it is an infinite tunnel of light, because that's what you're seeing when you look at a mirror light. What is light? Light is a form of electromagnetic energy. And so you are creating more or less an infinite tunnel of electromagnetic energy. And it may be that since ghosts um, seem to somehow reside closer to that type of frequency They travel in and out when these tunnels are opened. And so the first thing that you might consider if you have mirrors around is uh, let's not line these mirrors up anymore. And there are variations on this, um, which are, I think, a little bit too far for this podcast where you can take a camera, a video camera and hook it to a TV so that anything that the camera is pointed at will appear on the TV. And then you turn the camera around and film the TV and, and you get the same kind of uh, kind of an effect. I'm going to t- talk later in this podcast about the power of mirrors. But that's step number two: move mirrors apart if they are facing each other or any other reflective surfaces. Um, number three goes back to the electrical situation. Change the electrical environment any way you can. Because if you are having ghostly or paranormal experiences, then the the energy environment that you have for yourself is just perfectly tuned. It's perfectly resonant right now for these things to be occurring. So you want to just screw that up. And so change the arrangement of electrical devices and electrical appliances in your house. Uh, Move the TVs to a different position. Move the speakers to a different position. Move anything you can move easily, the washing machine, the dryer, the microwave, try moving something because that will dramatically change the entire energy environment. And so that's step number three, change the electrical environment. Number four is you can also manipulate the electrical environment by using something like crystals. And you hear of crystal power and you go, oh, geez, really, Josh? Come on now. This sounds like some hooey, you know, so this is some old hippie stuff. But no, I'm telling you, a crystal manipulates energy. A crystal is called a transducer. All the technology that you technophiles out there find so impressive, your computer, your cell phone, all that stuff is based upon crystals. You ever heard of Silicon Valley? What do you think that is? It's a crystal. Crystals are able to take energy and transform it from one form to another it's called transduction and it's very superstitious to talk about like oh why don't you sprinkle some salt around but you know what salt is a crystal and for thousands of years people have put salt around their homes just to, to protect it as they put it uh to to stop frightening activity and if you just go around your house and you sprinkle let's just say okay if you have like a hardcore situation let's say a shot glass of salt as as the max and that's a nice little mound okay that would be the most but you put uh, salt around the windows and the doors But better than that, however, is going to your local crystal shop and buying a big piece of quartz or an amethyst or something like that and putting them around the perimeter of your home. That also is going to completely alter the entire uh, electrostatic and electromagnetic environment. And any hardcore, skeptical, debunking scientist can come in there and say, well, yeah, he's right about that. Okay, this this actually does change the electrical environment especially if you have equipment sensitive enough to measure that properly the next thing is tell it to stop okay that may be the simplest thing of all maybe i should have just started with that but uh that seems silly to people uh, because you're talking sometimes to the invisible man i have had At least one experience When something I was investigating Followed me home And my Office door blew open And my stereo turned on high And papers went flying everywhere And I jumped out of my skin And I jumped out of my chair And I cussed it out And I said this is my house You don't belong here And I said every nasty thing I could And it was gone I never saw it But I felt it and I saw, you know, the physical effects of it coming into my office. So sometimes if you just tell it, you scream at it like it's a stray dog and you just say, this is my house. Get the you know what out of here. You'd be amazed how well that can work. So, so far we have here number one. and, And really, these are in no particular order. Uh, run a uh, excuse me run a humidifier number two rearrange mirrors number three change your electrical environment by moving your appliances around number four is putting crystals around number five is just telling it to stop scare it away when we come back from this break i'm going to tell you if if none of that stuff works if none of that stuff works i'm going to tell you what you do next I have some people that you need to contact Who are specialists They're not like me They are specialists in getting rid of this stuff I'm going to tell you who they are And how to contact them And then I'm going to move into The last Part of this podcast And that is the part when I tell you How to create Activity And I have a confession for you I swear I've never said this publicly in my entire life, but I'm going to confess something to you on this podcast today, tonight. (laughs) I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I will be right back after this.
1: at Purdue
3: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. If you take all of my advice and you use all of these tips and it still doesn't work, well, now I have to hand you off to some people who specialize and trying to figure out what's going on here and may be able to give you more, more specific help. And you know, I, you've heard me say this before, most quote unquote psychics out there in my opinion are not legit, but there are some legit psychics out there. They have a special ability and I'm going to give you contact information right now for them. Uh, Angela Moore, okay? She lives in Western North Carolina, where I'm from. Her website is AngelaFayMoore.com. That middle name is F-A-Y-E, AngelaFayMoore.com. Write her, see what she has to say. Next, we have Karen Reese. You've heard me talk about Karen Reese before. Her website is KarenReese.com, and she spells Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, and Reese is R E E C E. So K A R Y N R E E C E dot com, Karen Reese dot com. And then we have Laura Lee, and her website is MessagesOfLove.com. dot com. So try contacting Angela Moore, Karen Reese, Laura Lee, see what they tell you. But if you really feel like you need to bring in somebody who knows how to deal with some dark stuff well you need to contact bishop brian willette and you may have seen him on the ghost adventure show he is a friend of mine and look whether or not you are into catholicism it it, it really doesn't matter when it comes to expertise dealing with this type of stuff if it's if it's really dark and it's frightening you and Bishop Brian Willett, uh, well, for one thing, you can find him on Twitter, at Exorcist Bishop, at Exorcist Bishop, or go to his website, esotericcatholic.org, esotericcatholic.org. Now, if you are one of those weirdos like me who does research and you want to see paranormal activity, you want to try to increase it, well, here we go. Here is some advice for you on that. Number one, well, do the opposite of what I said. Instead of running a humidifier, run dehumidifiers. Allow the electrostatic charges to build. Number two, put mirrors facing each other. And, you know, I told you I had a confession. Here it is. Because I found so many different haunted locations that had mirrors facing each other, I started experimenting with what is now known as the Devil's Toy Box. And what that means is I got six square mirrors and I put them all together into a cube with the reflective surfaces all inward. And then I hooked a... uh, a suction microphone onto the side, and I found that it made a great little antenna for spooky activity. And the reason I say it's a confession is because for many years, I have always said, Oh, yeah, the devil's toy box is just something that I've heard of. Well, look, the, here's the truth I invented the devil's toy box as a little mirrored cube where all the reflective surfaces are facing inward. And the reason that for all these years, I've not taken proper credit for it is that I was worried that people would be freaked out and frightened. And I wasn't sure since this is all experimental stuff, if I wanted to be credited as the guy who came up with the concept of this bizarre little antenna called the devil's toy box. In fact, um, sadly, the late Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who was a great friend of mine. uh, She was such a good researcher. She came to me one time when we were both speaking at a conference in Michigan and she said, I'm really interested in the devil's toy box and I've been researching this and I can't find anything prior to you talking about it and i was like "Huh, well that's funny so i can't say i mean like maybe i got some kind of a download and i was given this information and this sort of thing has been done before but here's what i can tell you she was right the first time that i remember publishing the term the devil's toy box was in a book i wrote in 1995 and uh, I think it was copyrighted in 1996 called Plausible Ghosts. Very rare book. But I'd been experimenting with the Devil's Toy Box for a long time before then. And so that is another thing you can do if you want to, again, just experiment with it. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my little sister Jessica, uh, who's six years younger than me, and myself used to make little home videos uh, for fun. And unfortunately, they were on VHS tape. And I think most of that stuff is gone because VHS tapes degrade over time much more than film does. But we made a little movie, which I called The Devil's Toy Box, because she had a toy box in her room. And we <laughs> we envisioned some creature living in her toy box that would come out at night and, uh, so I took the name, the devil's toy box that I had applied to that movie and gave it to this. So here you go. As far as I know, uh, <laughs> I'm the inventor of the devil's toy box, but, uh, now that I have taken credit for that, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or, or not, but this goes to show you the power of mirrors and you've heard me talk about Dr. Raymond Moody, who is famous for writing the book life after life. He later went on to write a book called reunions in which he sort of modernized and reinvented the concept of the psychomantium. And if you just want to have an experience where you are in touch with a a deceased loved one, you make a psychomantium, Dr. Moody. uh, I, I hired him to do a workshop In Black Mountain North Carolina years ago and so I was there with a lot of other uh, people who were prominent figures in paranormal research and he taught us exactly what his technique is and here's the gist of it okay what you do is you take a big mirror and you put it on a wall in a small room and you only have the room lit with some very dim lighting you might use a candle Or some other sort of dim light source. And then you sit in a chair facing the mirror. But the thing is, you don't want to be looking directly at yourself. You want to be out of alignment with the mirror. It's best if the mirror is a little bit um, above your eye level. And you just sit there in this dim lighting. And you look at the mirror. And you will begin to see... Things in the mirror that are phantasmal. And on another podcast, I'll tell you more about psychomantium experiences that people have, but we're not just talking about your imagination running wild necessarily and you seeing things in the mirror. In some cases, things actually emerge from the mirror, they will actually come out and you will have a fully physical, as far as you're concerned, interactive experience with a deceased loved one and this is something that you may or may not want to do because the thing is the psychomantium is not just about being in the physical setup you also have to spend days sort of dwelling on the person that you want to contact and getting your mind psychologically prepared if you have objects that belong to that person you might want to take those objects and um, spend time with them i mean there there's a, a lot of build up that goes to into a successful psycho experience and and psycho you know comes from the ancient Greek psycho means mind and mantium is like a showcase just like a museum mantium uh psycho man. Uh, let's see. Let's, psychos, uh, yeah, psychomantium is like like museum. And so basically what you want to do is put your mind on display. That's sort of what this means in the ancient Greek. And some of the psychomantium experiences are pretty profound. I mean, like I like like I say, uh, if you just want to contact somebody from the other side, you might consider that. But if you're looking at Capturing evidence. If you're a paranormal investigator, then one of the things that you want to do is basically create chaos in the physical environment. Mix it up. Use Tesla coils. Use electrostatic generators because the environment is sort of like sand particles in a sand castle. And when it's not being rattled, Well, it stays in a, in a fixed shape. But if you start rattling it, well, now all these particles break down and they disperse. And so creating that loose environment of particles is what might theoretically give some kind of an apparition or a ghost or a spirit the opportunity to rearrange those particles and then communicate using that interface. EVP, of course, is a whole other way of looking into this, uh, and I'll do a whole separate podcast for you at some point about EVP, but I'm not a big fan of EVP because it's too easy for people to um, to let their imagination run wild. Uh, my goodness, we're already coming up on a break, and you know what? I tell you, I thought about this, and in the next segment of this show, the last segment, I decided I am I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and play for you the tone that will create a high likelihood of something paranormal. I'm going to do it. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and you might not want to listen to this particular segment of the show because, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and play this tone for you because maybe this is something that will be helpful for you. I'm assuming, you know, you're a responsible adult and whether or not you want to have a ghost pop up in your house or you just want to have a dream of a loved one. All I can tell you is that there is a symbol that goes back to, well, certainly the Middle Ages, if not ancient times. That seems to inspire uh, manifestations of the paranormal. I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you where you can go and, and find this symbol for free online easily. But I took this symbol and I turned it into a tone. And so if you have the physical symbol, then you should bring it with you if you're going to do a paranormal investigation. If you have a wishing machine or something like that, you might want to put this on the input plate. And also, if you are interested in manifesting paranormal stuff, then you might consider playing this segment of the podcast and playing this tone at the place where you are doing the investigation to see what happens. Now, before I continue, I will mention that You know, going back to wishing machines, I have used wishing machines for many, many years in order to do all of these things that I've been talking about to stop paranormal activity or to create paranormal activity. And I usually work very closely with Dr. Mulder on these types of projects. Dr. Mulder, of course, is the man who makes the best wishing machines in the world. If you go to wishingmachineproject.com, wishingmachineproject.com, you will find a lot of free educational material about the wishing machines. And I'm telling you, when I went to Transylvania in Romania, I conferred with him about saying let's make the most of our time you know please set a machine to enhance paranormal activity and he got blueprints of the castle that we were going to be in because i investigated all of vlad the impaler's castles and uh he, he put all that stuff into the machine and we had all all kinds of creepy things happen to us while we were there there was another occasion when i was speaking at a conference And we set a machine for a UFO to appear over the crowd. And there were, I don't know, probably like 200 people out in front of this. We did it at a a casino resort in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And there were probably, you know, uh, I'd say at least 200 of us out there at 10 o'clock at night. And he set a machine for a thing, uh, a UFO to appear and all these people saw the UFO. There's video footage of this on YouTube. By the way, I have a YouTube channel. You can just type in my name on YouTube. Uh, when we worked with George Nori and Tom Danheiser to do the Arecibo Project experiment on the anniversary of the WOW signal in Puerto Rico, uh, Dr. Mulder set a wishing machine and... Uh, we were able to get astounding results from that that's something i'll be talking also about more on uh on another podcast i find myself saying that all the time like in another co- in another podcast i'm going to get into this and this and this because there's just so much you know there's just so much that i have to share with you but the bottom line here is that whether whether you want to stop paranormal activity or enhance paranormal activity, I have found that radionics, psionics, wishing machines can also be used for that purpose. And we don't know how those machines work. I mean, I have theories. But it has something to do with the mind-body-environment relationship. So if you have any kind of a manifestation device, And you want to experience something paranormal. And again, you could just be like, oh, I'm a thrill seeker. I want to see something spooky. Convince me, you know, or you could just be somebody who is trying to commune with a loved one who has passed on. Then if you want the symbol that has been used and I'm not going to tell you much about this right now because I don't want to put a lot of suggestion and psychological baggage into your mind. Uh, if you want this symbol that's been used for hundreds, if not thousands of years for this purpose, simply go to thedeadsymbol.com. Thedeadsymbol.com, the dead symbol.com. And when you go there and, and this is a, page that i put together for your convenience if you are a researcher when you go there you'll see there aren't any advertisements or i'm not trying to sell you any crap i'm like i'm telling you like this is this is something powerful if you're serious and you really want to do this stuff go to the dead symbol.com and you'll find the symbol there and you can either put it on your cell phone or uh your laptop or print it out and put it on the wall and just being around it almost seems to act like a sigil to enhance that kind of interaction. On the other hand, I took the sigil and that's really what it is. The symbol is it's a sigil really. And I passed it through a program to retrieve a tone and this is a tone that I have played over the years on many investigations in order to stimulate paranormal activity. And sometimes you do that because you're doing a TV show and they're like, oh, we, 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 we want to see something good. Sometimes you do that because you're a researcher and you just want to have some data. Sometimes you do it because that, well, uh, you are simply... Um, trying to connect with people who have passed on people who have data that exists somewhere out there in the ether, in the Akashic record, because I don't believe that we truly die. I think that, uh, you know, the law of conservation of energy says it all. Energy is neither created nor destroyed that when you die, your energy just changes into a different form. And at least for a while, that form holds your personality and, and your memories. That's what I believe. If you don't believe that, okay, fine. But now you know what I believe. So here you go. This is the tone. It lasts 20 seconds. Whenever I play a tone for you, I, I say, okay, 20 seconds is about right. If you don't want to hear this because you don't want to have an interaction with anything paranormal, then I don't blame you. You know, no, no need to listen to the rest of this. But if you are interested for whatever reason, and there are many reasons, if you if you are interested in seeing what happens. then here is the 22nd tone. And if you are in a position, you're not driving or whatever, and you can sort of close your eyes and relax. It's no different than the good fortune tone. Just close your eyes and listen to the tone created by the symbol that you will find. If you go to the dead symbol.com. and I very much look forward to your experiments with this because I know you're going to have a lot of experiments and, uh, to tell me about a lot of feedback. Okay, you ready? 20 seconds. I debated on this, but uh, here it goes. This is the tone for the dead symbol. That's the tone. And now I'll just sit back and see what you send me. And of course, I will be giving follow up on this podcast. I'll be telling you what people around the world are sending me after listening to that or taking it out into the field and using it on investigations. Um, you know, ultimately, all this stuff is experimental. That is the most important thing for you to realize. Uh, I'm not a person who's telling you I understand how everything works. No, I am an explorer, just like you. I'm a researcher. I'm an investigator. And we are studying the most profound, incredible mysteries known to humankind. And that is why this is all so fascinating and so interesting. So... I'll let you know on upcoming podcasts what comes in from that. But remember what I told you, the ghosts are real at very least in terms of the human experience. The first time I saw a ghost, it was a big, misty sort of blue gray cloud. And I can't tell you for sure whether or not what I was looking at was the spirit of a dead person Or an atmospheric phenomenon. Uh, But you see something like that in a spooky old attic. It kind of of makes you think that, hmm, maybe this would qualify as a ghost. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit joshuapwarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at joshuapwarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are,